1: This, this is Inside Purple
0: and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by Mitch Widmeyer. He's in digital content creation for Valley Sports North in Wisconsin. Um, we talked a lot about just playoff implications of the game itself, um, just kind of on a macro perspective. want to dig a little bit more into kind of the intricacies of what could end up deciding this game. Obviously, as we talked about in segment one, like Aaron Rodgers could inherently just end up deciding this game. He's done it time and time and time again throughout his career, um, regardless of NFC North post. Um, But Mitch talked about the defense and that's something I want to dig into. The Vikings defense has been porous this season. Um, If Aaron Rodgers and and his receiving core who have had a shaky road this season, if if they click at any point uh, on Sunday, they're going to be able to carve up that Vikings defense. Saw it on the first play from scrimmage this year. Uh, Christian Watson should have had a 75-yard touchdown. I would not put it past him to have a long touchdown this week. Um, the Vikings' defense under Ed Donatel, they play high to low. Their principles are do not let anything get behind you, yet they can constantly let people get behind. You. So uh, on the flip side of that, though, Joe Barry's defense. It's left a bit to be desired this season, um, just watching from afar. And I, I want to hear your perspective on this because – They have talent across the board. Like we were going through my co-host me and Tom Schreier. were talking about the defense yesterday and in Wednesday's episode and naming guys. And like, how is this defense not better? (laughs) They have obviously Kenny Clark, who's wreaked havoc on the Vikings, you know, up front for for years. Uh, Jair Alexander, one of the highest paid corners in the league. Devondre Campbell, the great player. Um, Preston Will, you know, this like great player. Like how, how are they so average mediocre when they have big name players across the board?
1: It is a a great question that I think a lot of Packers fans would like to have the answer for. Um, I think part of it is aggression. Joe Barry's scheme kind of leans toward, uh, kind of pinning your ears back, a lot of zone coverage, not a lot of press man at the line of scrimmage. And the players, what makes it baffling, Dane, is Green Bay's drafted and developed players, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, scooping up Rasul Douglas and finding a diamond in the rough and then re-signing him. Those are three corners, all three of them, who want to get in your face, jam you at the line of scrimmage, and trust their skill set for Eric Stokes, trust his physicality and his speed, Mm -hmm. and Joe Barry's defense just... They're kind of a sit back, see what happens, keep everything in front of us, try to prevent the big play, which even at times they struggle doing. It is it is a great question. I, I, I don't know if there's, you know, one specific answer, but I think the players that they have and a lot of the premier players they have, I always look at the secondary with the three-headed monster I just mentioned, even though Stokes is gone for the year. They don't at times, Green Bay, whether it's Barry or whoever, obviously the easy – Finger to point is at the D.C. They don't put these players in advantageous spots right. based on what they do well. Uh, so that's that's one big thing. Every team goes through injuries, too. But when they lost Rayshon Gary, he had six sacks in eight games and then tore his ACL in Detroit. That was huge. And, and uh, Kingsley Enagbari, rookie out of South Carolina, has filled in pretty well. Yeah, I mean, Rayshon Gary's a different animal. And they they've missed him on the edge cuz Preston Smith you mentioned his name he's still been great uh, Devondre Campbell Quay Walker has been phenomenal for Green Bay uh seems like every time there's a tackle made and there's a, a mini pile or a handful of players in the vicinity Quay Walker is always just right there um making plays so yeah it is kind of baffling and I know there were a lot of Packer fans last week saying like oh look at all the turnovers they forced uh against mm-hmm. Miami they forced four of them and three picks by Tua I did not think one of those interceptions by Jair, Rasul, or Devondre Campbell were like, wow, what a play by the defense. All three picks were like, oh my gosh, Tua. why are you throwing that? Overthrow, misread. I know uh, Mike McDaniel said on the Devondre Campbell pick, I think it was, that the running back ran the wrong route. Because if you watch that one, there was no one in the area except Devondre Campbell. So you can't like knock the Packers for it. But I do think a lot of people who side with the green and gold are trying to do this thing where it's like, well, hey, the defense is starting to force turnovers. And at least in that game against Miami, it was Miami just shooting itself in the foot over and over and over again. It wasn't the Packers making these like incredibly instinctual plays or Joe Barry having them in spots to, you know, like fool Tua uh, in
0: the passing game. It was just Tua not having a good game at all. Yeah. And and as we found out, Tua being maybe probably – likely concussed for the second half pride and then some of those decision-making throws you, you mentioned mitch um jair alexander just like the player that he is correct me if i'm wrong he did not shadow justin jefferson in week one and i think he was pretty sure upset have. about that because justin jefferson popped off for 184 um kind of started this mvp caliber season he won't win the mvp because quarterbacks win the mvp and quarterbacks only um but if there's a t- player that is most important to his team. Um, Justin Jefferson's right at the top of that list. But Jair was pretty pissed that he didn't shadow him in week one, correct?
1: Yeah, he mentioned, I don't even want to try to paraphrase because it was all the way back in week one, but he didn't mince his words. Um, He didn't point the blame like at Lafleur or uh, Joe Barry or anything like that. But in his postgame presser, he mentioned the prospects of like, hey, like he gave Justin Jefferson his flowers like this is one of the best receivers in the game. Mm-hmm. I think I'm one of the best corners in the game. He, something like that. Like I I want to be matched yeah. up with him in those spots. The Vikings did such a great job of motioning Jefferson in week one, sending him from one side to the other. And there were multiple times where he ended up being matched up with uh, Green Lineback. Bay safety Darnell Savage or a yeah, linebacker yeah. Devondre right. Campbell on a couple of instances. And Savage isn't even in like he's not. He didn't even start anymore for Green Bay now. And yeah, that was pretty miserable. I I still, as crazy as it sounds, I, I think I don't see Joe Barry like letting Jair shadowing Justin Jefferson this weekend because it's just not in his blueprint. It's, it's sure. not what he does. You remember like uh, uh, last year, was it two years ago when the Packers played the Rams in the playoffs? I think it was two years ago. And there was a lot of hype around Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey in that matchup and the Rams do something similar with Ramsey where he's not he's so good but he's not shadowing wide receivers and there were a couple of instances where Devontae went in motion he was going like this to Ramsey like come on like come follow me and uh, so Jefferson can do that if he wants this week and I don't think Barry's scheme will allow for much like mirroring from from Jair which Uh, Even as like a neutral, if you're a neutral fan, if you're not a Packers fan or a Vikings fan, that matchup would be so fun to watch because both of them are premier talents, but they're also really good at John. Like, you know, there'd be some barking going back and forth on both sides. It'd be incredibly fun to watch, but I think we'll be robbed of that opportunity.
0: Yeah. That interview by Jair Alexander post game um, on television was world class. Oh. And, and you're right. Like both those guys between that and, and Justin Jefferson, he like jaws in like the most casual way. Like he'll just kind of say things to, during his weekly press conference that you're like, you're talking shit right now, but like you're doing it in a really cool way that like <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like super arrogant. But, yeah, you're right. Like I get it. Like I get the scheme is the scheme But, man, it would be fun to watch that. Um, It would be fun to watch them go toe-to-toe in America's Game of the Week and on national television on New Year's Day where everyone's going to just be sitting at home on the couch anyway, probably.
1: With a lot on the line, too.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So it would be cool to watch that. It doesn't sound like we're going to get it. Um, And I I think the most effective way to stop Justin Jefferson would be to probably throw giant Alexander on him and just say stick with him. Um, Another effective way is just to blow up. The, the interior line of the Minnesota Vikings, which has struggled at times this year. Um, Kenny Clark's made a living kind of just wrecking the center and the guards around that. So if you kind of cut the head of the snake off, Kirk Cousins, and, and don't allow him to throw the ball at Justin Jefferson, might be a way to stop him. But no one has really figured out a, a, a true way to stop that guy this season. Um, so I find it hard to believe that that anyone's going to right now. It a couple of games here and there where um, he's underperformed. Um he's been spectacular week in and week out. Mitch, before I let you go, I want to ask about, you know, offensive side of the ball. Christian Watson kind of coming into his own. Romeo Dobbs coming into his own after his injury. Like, is there an X Factor this weekend? Like, or is it someone just as simple as like Christian Watson? Like, is there an X factor on the side of the ball for the Packers that we might not be thinking about in Minnesota that you're like, be careful, this guy could get you? Or is it just what you see is what you get and if if Rogers and, and his young receivers and that two headed monster in the backfield perform, um, that's going to be enough.
1: I think if Watson doesn't play, it's Christian Watson being the X factor because he's out. Sure. Um, didn't practice on Wednesday, had the hip injury, left the game against Miami, didn't play in the second half. Um, there was a the camera picked him up on the sideline telling a teammate like uh, they said I'm done for the day and <laughs> he didn't have his helmet and found out he had the hip injury. So I if he plays he just opens up Dane so much of the passing game sure. like I the Packers passing game has been so up and down this year which is crazy to say because you know Roger you're having one back-to-back MVPs but you lose Devontae Adams you lose Marquez Valdez scaling it's going to take some sort of hit and you try to refill that with uh, rookies like Dobbs and Watson it's just going to take time but Watson was in and out of the lineup so much early on in the year and um, I'm sure you knew this but entering the Rams game a couple weeks ago Dobbs and Watson had played 52 snaps together on the field which is just like it's so agitating if you're a Packers fan because you've seen the flashes and the promise right. with Dobbs and Watson had that stretch of eight touchdowns, seven receiving, one rushing in a four-game stretch when he was finally back on the field. So um, I know it's kind of the the cop-out answer, but if Watson wasn't to play, I think it just it closes up so much that Green Bay can do because you've seen defenses just pay him so much more attention and Uh, garner so many more eyeballs towards him Um, once he broke out in that four game stretch it opens up opportunities for other guys in the passing game and even the running game for Green Bay Um, I I truly think like they need Watson to play in this game otherwise the offense kind of at times can become a a shell of itself Mm -hmm. identity wise though in this game Green Bay has all the makings of a team that should be like 55, 45 run pass, but when you have Aaron Rodgers, it's almost impossible to try to convince anyone that that should be the case. Even when you have young talent uh, on the perimeter, uh, I if you like Aaron Jones hardly touched the ball last week. AJ Dillon did did all right, um, but like Rodgers threw it 38 times. I think they had 24 runs mm-hmm. uh, against Miami, and that was a game that they had to claw back a little bit. Uh, trailing by double digits in the first half, but then in the second half it was close again and they just kept uh, airing it out for the most part. I, I think if they can find a, a running game identity these last two weeks, dick with it, uh, it'll pay dividends because they are a good running football team and they have two really formidable backs. Um, so long way around it. The X factor to me, yeah, probably is Christian Watson, but more so if he doesn't play because then I think the offense will will struggle.
0: For sure. A lot on the line this weekend in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Um, meaningful football in January, as Aaron Rodgers said, the Packers won all their meaningful games in December. Now they have to win all their meaningful games in January. <laughs> on the flip side of that, the Vikings basically trying to end the Packers' season um, in Week 17.
1: I mean, that's great too, right? Like, just to like Vikings fans have a like their team has a chance to just end it. I, I think the scenario, Dane, is if the Packers lose this week. Their only way of getting to the playoffs is uh, beating the Lions in the finale, but also Washington, Seattle, and Detroit would all have to lose out. lose out. And I know like the Lions play the Bears. Washington plays Cleveland at home. Dallas might not have much to play for in Week 18. Mm-hmm. Like it's, just, it's very unlikely that that would happen. Minnesota has a prime opportunity. Um, I'm going to throw one your way, if you don't mind, before we yeah. get going. To me, it would be a successful season for the Vikings if – they they've won the north if they were to like if washington wins this weekend in minnesota beats green bay it's done like green bay's eliminated vikings win the north eliminate green bay in lambo in the second to last game of the season and then let's say they make it to like the divisional round yes. and then maybe trip up at home or on the road against uh san francisco Wouldn't, that would in kevin o'connell's first year I, I know uh, like every fan base, when you get a ticket to the dance, you want to win it all, but that would be a successful season. No, like everything, even like Justin Jefferson accomplished, you win the North handedly. And then the cherry on top to me would be if you can get a playoff win, and I know fans want more, and that's fine. And the Vikings. But I think if if you remove yourself like a month after the season ends and you look back and you're like, won the division, had some success in the playoffs, and most importantly, we took down Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Lambeau Field. That that would be considered a success, or am I crazy for saying that? Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, um,
0: I think if you can knock the Packers out of the playoffs, um, that's already. Right. Like, they talk about like checking boxes, right? Yeah. Winning the North that's checking a box. I don't think knocking the Packers out of the playoffs in Lambeau Field was a box, but they'll certainly check that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check it. Um, and then yeah, if you win a first round playoff matchup, roll the dice against a team in San Francisco, it looks more and more likely that that's going to be the matchup in the divisional round um, barring an upset um, barring the Vikings losing in the first round or the Niners being upset. Um, We look like we're on the kind of a collision course for that being the matchup in, in, in the second round, if you win, yes, if you can knock Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out of the playoffs, if you win a playoff game and you end up losing the divisional round, fans will be disappointed. But as a whole, I think once the the hurt of of losing in the playoffs prematurely goes away you can look back on this season as like that was a pretty damn good season if you lose in the first round to aaron Rodgers, um it will be a failure which is why the vikings need to take care of business this weekend um against green bay at lambeau field mitch thank you so much for stopping by this was a lot of fun um guys you can follow mitch um M underscore Widmeyer. that's W-I-D-M-E-I-E-R on Twitter. Nailed Um, the
1: pronunciation too, man. That's a difficult one for some people. Look
0: at that. Yeah, we do our pre-scouting here on Inside (laughs) Purple and Gold. So, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. When we come back, we'll do a little purple prop party before we get out of here. Um, And then wish you guys a happy new year. And everyone prepare for that Sunday game in Lambeau Field. Um, Mitch, thanks again. Really appreciate having you on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.